We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Pitt basketball lost to North Carolina 70-57 to yesterday at the Peterson Event Center. Bob Carrington, 20 points in the loss. Penn's lost to Washington 4-3 at PPG Paints Arena. Penn's gave up the first four goals of the game before storming back to score three but not able to come back with still 40 points in the Metro. Headlines are probably Bowser and Genesis in Monroeville. Now open for more. Go to 937thefan.com. Um, because it sucks to lose, Gentry. Uh, Trey, you ever need to show you anything? Uh, Did you have another thought or no? I'm just curious. Why? Well, it it sucks. Is that... Losing. Awful. That's why I want to win. Because you don't sleep. You want to win for the players that bust their tail. That's it. Great stuff there from Mike Vrabel and also uh, Gentry Estes from the Tennessean. It's important to note that that the reason Gentry asked the question was because Vrabel had said in that news conference, the Titans need to win Sunday, quote, for a lot of reasons. Well, what what are those re beyond the obvious, which Rabel just said he hates losing? What what are those reasons? Everybody here is a Titans fan this week, and here from the Tennessean is Gentry's colleague Nick Suss, who covers the Titans. Nick, we appreciate you joining us, man, and we're all curious to hear uh, about the state of the Titans right now, because for the for obvious reasons, if the Steelers win. And the Titans win. The Steelers are in. What's forget about health wise and everything else for the for the moment here. What's the general state of the Titans going into this game? Are they a motivated team? Are we going to see them treat it as if it's their playoff game? What's happening with them? Yeah, they're motivated. I I wouldn't really say they're motivated in the way of oh we want to go out there and play spoiler. We want to ruin our rivals' hope. I, I don't really think much of that's going on. I think that in a lot of ways, Pittsburgh fans will probably understand what the Titans are going through because the Titans are a franchise that, like the Steelers in recent years, have tended to punch above their weight a little bit. Maybe not the most talented team, but kept finding a way to win. And those winning ways have kind of disappeared in the last 18, 19 games. If I'm remembering the numbers off the top of my head, I believe they're 5-18 and 18 mm. in their last 23. Uh, kind of fell off a cliff after starting 7-3 and three last year and making the playoffs the three years before that. And it's essentially the same core of people, uh, same core of coaches, same core of players, especially if Will Levis continues to be hurt and the Titans have to turn back to Ryan Tannehill at quarterback this week. It's that 
same sort of group that people remembered from these peak Rabel era Titans, your Ryan Tannehill's, your Derrick Henry's, Danico Autry, Harold Landry. These guys are still around and they just don't like what's happening. Like these are guys who are so accustomed to winning and have clearly proven that they can win, have clearly proven that they know how to win and the winning went away. And whatever you want to say about going into an off season on a high note, if you keep listening to that, Vrabel quote that you guys played before I started talking. He goes on to say, nobody comes into the building on April 5th and says, man, I'm super glad we played well on January 7th. Like the whole building for a good off season thing is a little bit overblown, but there is something to putting together four quarters and actually finishing a game. The Titans, I want to say are four and seven in one score games this year. I think the Steelers are among the team's best at playing in one-score games. And a lot of that comes down to luck. A lot of that comes down to the way the ball bounces. But a lot of that comes down to finishing games, having a chance to win and actually winning it. Titans played the Steelers on Thursday night earlier this year, and it came down to exactly that. The Titans had the ball with a chance to win and couldn't. So I think this team, their main motivation is, dude, let's just win a game. Let's just do what we think we can do. What uh, What's your feel at quarterback? You mentioned uh, Levis or Tannehill. Who do you feel like it's going to be? If I had to bet right now, I would say Tannehill, but that could change within the hour. Uh, you guys know how this is. You've dealt with quarterback injuries up there all season. Uh, they change quickly. They change rapidly. Uh, Levis is going to talk to the media in about an hour uh, for the first time since his injury. We'll hear from him. We'll see if he's practicing this week. We'll see all that, but... I don't know. He uh, he sprained his left ankle three weeks ago and hurt his right foot the other day. I mean, that's a that's a lot to take behind an offensive line that's allowed. Let me do the math quickly. Nineteen sacks in the last three weeks. It's been rough, and that's a lot of hits to take. And we'll see if he uh, if he is willing to play or if he's able to play, able to protect himself uh, on on two bad feet. So Tannehill's numbers from the last two games, I think he's 34 for 56 for 300 and some yards. He hasn't thrown a pick. Look decent, certainly completion percentage-wise. Does he give them a better chance right now than Levis or no? I I, I don't think he gives them a better chance. But So what was the number of attempts you said, 55, 50, somewhere around there? Oh, 46, I'm sorry. 34 for 46. Yeah, Uh, 46 attempts in two games when they've been trailing predominantly for those games is kind of indicative of what we're talking about here of it's just tough to throw the ball when you're getting hit as much as you are. They're dropping back. They're giving these quarterbacks a chance, but Levis was sacked seven times three weeks ago against Houston. Uh, Tannehill was sacked six times two weeks ago against the Seahawks. And then the two of them combined to be sacked for six times last week against Houston. That's not counting hurries, throwaways, quarterback hits, all that stuff. I really don't know which quarterback gives them a quote-unquote better chance to win right now because so much of the issue is just guys are getting into the backfield quick. And when your quarterback doesn't have the time to see things develop downfield and you combine that with a rushing attack that's getting hit in the backfield a lot, and there was a play that I just couldn't fathom last week where Titans lined up with seven offensive linemen and two tight ends. And Derrick Henry caught the ball in a direct snap out of the Wildcat. And he lost two yards. <laughs> if you have that much beef on the field and Derrick Henry running straight and you can't get a yard on third and one, there's something about this front that needs some help. 
And so whether it's Tannehill, whether it's Levis, I just need to see the Titans offensive line put together a couple of good series before I can say either of them are going to be all that well positioned. All right. I got to ask you about two guys here. Uh, Do you anticipate Mike Vrabel being back as coach next year? And do you anticipate Derrick Henry being back? Yes, and we'll see uh, are, are the short answers. Uh, Henry, it's all going to be, you you guys know, salary cap dynamics and uh, contracts and how vocal running backs have been about getting their worth and their value this offseason. And Derek has been a huge, huge factor in that and a player in that. But also Derek Henry's coming off of a year where if things don't change in this last game, it's going to be the first time in his career he averaged fewer than four yards per carry for a season. I think he's sitting at 3.9-something right now. And that's uh, that's really an outlier for how successful he's been throughout his career. And the drafted Tajay Spears in the third round last year, I think he's done pretty well as a rookie this year. It's unclear if they'd trust him as an every down back or if they want him to be more of a third down back or how they'd handle an offense without Henry because so much of this team is built around four yards and a cloud of dust type stuff with Derrick Henry. But I don't know if they can get him back on a reasonable contract. I don't think there's any team that's going to use Derrick Henry the way the Titans would use Derrick Henry. So I I think that there is some favorability there. And I think when you're talking about legacy stuff and legacy dynamics, Derrick Henry's legacy does look better if he does his entire career for one team than if he becomes a a mercenary at the end of his career. But all that will be weighed against – where the Titans are trying to spend money, how they're trying to build around Levis, all of that stuff for the future. And as for Vrabel, yeah, I, I call it a gut instinct. Call it whatever you want. I just, I think he's going to be back. Mm. Well, we'll leave you with this, and it's Nick Suss from the Tennessean. Read his stuff there. The Steelers need the the Titans to win this game. I think they are going to win the game. Everybody's laughing at me, notably my partner, Ron, because not only do I think they're going to win, Nick, I think they're going to win by a blowout score, largely because I think the Jags are broken. I do. I think that team stinks. I think they're in the middle of a historic free fall. This what They led the division by how many games? And the only thing that's interrupted their free fall is David Tepper throwing drinks on people. So tell me how the Titans are going to win this game and if you agree with me that they're going to win this game. So real quickly, I don't, but I'll tell you a story. (laughs) I was going to say, after listening to Nick here about their offensive line, you're still going to stick to a blowout? Well, let's talk about the Jags' offensive line, shall we? Let's let let Nick finish. Go ahead, sir. So let me tell you a quick story, uh, because you're talking about how this is a historic downfall, how this is a crater, how this is a broken team. It's not exactly historic if you have a long enough memory to remember last season when the Tennessee Titans were seven and three and the Jags were three and seven or four and six and the Jags won six of their last seven and the Titans lost seven in a row to end the season, including the Titans losing in Jacksonville in week 18 when they had a backup quarterback playing and they couldn't really figure out how to get things going. The Jaguars are in essentially the exact same position of banged up quarterback team that's trying to figure out how to win after a hot start schedule gets tougher down the stretch. Can't really keep responding. The wheels fall off. The difference here is that last year, the Titans week 18 opponent was a Jacksonville team that had figured everything out and was very hot. This year, the Jags opponent is a Titans team that has lost seven of its last nine. That is different in 
that last year's Jags were playing for a playoff spot and this year's Titans are playing for pride. But these two teams do not like each other. These two fan bases really don't like each other. Uh, if you guys remember the old AFC Central days, there's the great story about the 1999 Jaguars going 15-3, and and that was 15-0 and against the entire NFL, but 0-3 against the Titans. Uh, these teams can uh, can get angry at each other. So never know what to expect. There's a, there's a chance the Titans can win this one. My expectation is it's going to be close for three, three and a half quarters and that the Titans' depth issues are going to end up uh, running them out at the end of the game. I mean, we haven't even talked about the fact that the Titans' defense has five or six primary starters on IR right now. There's going to be some stuff they got to figure out against an offense that can move quickly, uh, as quickly as anybody in the NFL. So that's going to have to play itself out. But I'm not saying it's going to be a Jacksonville blowout. I'm not saying the Titans have no shot. But just given the overwhelming evidence we've had this season, I'm not picking the Titans right now. Nick, you're a wonderful man. That was great stuff, man. Thank, Thank you for you coming on. for your time. Yeah, happy to help you all. Have a good day. See you, Nick. That was really good. That's Nick Suss from the Tennessean. Um, I'm, I'm unmoved by that, Ron. 20, <laughs> 27-7 you Titans. Hear. You don't care. You're not listening to facts. You've made your prediction. He analyzed the Titans. Not... I'm analyzing the Jags. Would you like to go through some of their injuries? Their best players out, maybe. Uh... We don't know hey, yet. Joe, I hope you're right, and you might be. I hope you're right. And I love the fact that these two teams hate each other's guts, and I love the fact that Mike Rabel is motivated. How about here. him saying he's going to come back? That's not what I was hearing, and he's there. Although he, he said just a gut feel. Just a gut feel. We'll see. I mean, if, if Mayo's the guy in New England, I don't know. It seems like, from what I have read anyway, that, that Vrabel isn't really on the same page with the GM and the people running that franchise. I don't know if that's true or not. But I do know that the Steelers, by around 4 p.m. Sunday, will be in the playoffs, Ron. And do you know where they're headed? Uh, Miami. Miami? Yeah. So you think Miami's going to beat Buffalo? I do. So Miami would be okay at home. Restaurant. And it's going to happen in the most gut-wrenching, Soul crushing, eyelid snapping. Because you're just used to it, right? Stomach churning, historically hideous way imaginable that they're going to lose to the Dolphins because, because this happens all the time. That it's just as simple as that, and it's going to happen again. All right, let's go to the look big boy. The, look at the sun out here. I it, can't wait I, to wait be out what, there today. Austin, do you hear it, Joe? Joe, Joe, it's time to golf. Joe. Joe, come to the course. <laughs> come to the course. Do you hear that, Joe? Yeah, and I, I'm going to be out there, and I'm going to play 18 holes in about an hour and a half. I love speed golf. Of course, if I get angry, then I start throwing clubs and sometimes breaking and things. Nobody, no other idiot in the world would be on the course, so nobody would see you. Exactly. <laughs> now you have it figured out, Ron. That's exactly my plan. Mark Caballi next. He's the one who the started this thing. He started it this week, uh, Monday morning, with uh, Richard Crowley and Ricardo Dickerson. He started it by insinuating that somebody other than Mike Tomlin made the decision to have Kenny Pickett not dress for the game. Who are we supposed to think? Who has, Who was the only people on earth who could choose over Tomlin? One would be Art Rooney, and the other would be Kenny Pickett himself. So what happened here? What are Kabali's uh, thoughts and his reporting now? 
I'm curious because I still tend to think that something happened here, Ron. I don't think that Kenny Pickett said, I ain't playing. Right. But I do think that there is a possibility that Kenny Pickett's behavior during the week caused Mike Tomlin to say, you You ain't ain't playing. I I think that's a very real possibility. Because I said all along, I never thought he'd say, I ain't backing up. I'm no backup. He didn't say that. I don't believe that. Something happened or something is very strange because you're starting alleged starting quarterback and Pickett still maintains he would have started the game if he was healthy. Your alleged franchise quarterback was deemed healthy two days before the game and didn't even dress in an emergency role. So something obviously is odd, right? This isn't exactly conspiracy theory stuff. Okay, let's ask Kabali about all of this. Coming up, Ron. He's a wonderful man, isn't he? The big boy. I like to call him the big boy. Listen to Cook and Joe every Wednesday to hear about Starkey's Card of the Week from the Baseball Card Castle and Cranberry. Contest run every Wednesday through Friday at noon at the 93.7thefan.com contesting page. There was a Najee Harris. I think it was a rookie card, but it's a it's an autographed card. I know that one. That's the lead. That's that's who's batting lead off this week on Card of the Week. Your chance to win. Just go to our website, to the contesting page. Fan text line brought to you by Edgar Snyder and Associates, a personal injury law firm where they always say there's never a fee unless we get money for you. Kabali, next on Cookin' Joe. Trevor Lawrence expected to be limited in practice this week, does though have a chance to play against the Titans with a shoulder injury. The scenarios for the Steelers, a win and a Buffalo loss, the Steelers are in. A win and a Jacksonville loss or tie, the Steelers are in. Three other scenarios as well, but the Steelers could still get in with a loss. Headlines are proud by Bowser and Genesis of Monroeville. Now open for more, go to 937thefan.com. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Let's be honest here, Ron. The entire uh, Kenny Pickett saga began with an appearance by the big boy, Dr. Marcus Caballi, on the Fan Morning Show Monday when he put it out there that he didn't think Mike Tomlin was 100% responsible for this decision to rest Kenny Pickett, to not dress Kenny Pickett for this game. And that led us all down the path of, wait a second, if it wasn't Tomlin 100%, there's only two people on the planet it could have been. Art Rooney, the second, and we didn't think he stepped in, or Kenny Pickett himself. So in the end, Mark, and Mm -hmm. welcome to the show. You're on the uh, fan hotline. Um, what happened here? What happened with Kenny Pickett last weekend in your best estimation and your reporting? Ooh. You know, I think there's a little bit of, you know, one side 
the other side and what the truth somewhere in the middle there a little bit. But the bottom line is, is if he was healthy enough to play dress, he was, he was going to play, right? I do believe on Friday, and I know darn well on Friday, once he found out that he was inactive on Friday, he found out he was inactive. That's when things all of a sudden changed. And it's hard for me to speculate because there's, like I said, there's one voice, second voice. I'm not going to sit here and call Kenny a liar or anything to that effect. But it was very skeptical that he was not active for that game when you had an opportunity for him to be the number two at at Wait, least. Qu- quick clarification there. You said when he found out he was inactive. Do you mean when he found out he was medically clear? He, no, he was going to be inactive Friday. He found out Friday after practice that he was going to be inactive. He found out then. But isn't the whole story about leading up to why he was inactive? Uh, yeah, why was he inactive? I mean, uh, that's the question. I mean... I don't know what happened before that. Did something lead him to be inactive? You know what I'm saying? They said, hey, Kenny, we're going with Mason, and uh, we're going to make you the number two. And he says, no, who knows what exactly happened there, but something happened between Friday and Sunday that led him, or after practice Thursday into Friday, that led him to um, not dressing when he was fully capable of dressing. All right, big boy, let me ask you this. He said yesterday, pick it now, that he would have started if they deemed him healthy. A, do you believe that? And B, if he was cleared on Thursday, medically cleared, why didn't why didn't that happen that he was the starter? No, I don't think he was. I think I think that Mason knew he was going to be starting the whole time here. I guess maybe that when you leave the door ajar, maybe there was some miscommunication there where he thought he might have been able to play, but I think Tomlin was pretty much reserved after what he saw in Cincinnati to be to start Mason in Seattle. Now, it very well could be that Kenny was under the assumption or told that, hey, sit out to the Cincinnati game, we'll bring you back for Seattle. Then once Mason had this good game, they played well, they put up 30 points, that, hey, let's hold this off another week and Kenny's all of a sudden not happy about that and I mean I guess there's reason for him not to be happy because he thought he was I mean he's the starter he decided to get a ankle surgery when he probably didn't have to, to to be able to race back but you can't blame Mike Tomlin for starting the guy with the hot hand who's uh, actually putting up points there so um, I think that's probably be how it went down but there's just so much gray area here. The bottom line is Kenny wasn't happy. Kenny still is not happy. Kenny thinks he should be playing. He probably thinks he is going to get a shot here Sunday if things go awry really quickly. So, uh, um, But like I said, guys, I mean, I don't think there's one person out there that really believes Kenny should start this game, right? Not this game. Well, I, mean, yeah. I was talking more about Absolutely last, last yeah, I, week's I, game. Yeah, I think that's almost the story yeah, I, is is because I mean, he it, dropped that that that. Oh yeah, if I was if, if I was going to start last week, and, and you're saying maybe I that Tomlin he, either misled yeah. him or or was just like, yeah, we'll we'll get you back for for the next week's game. Yeah, I, who know who knows the timeline on that? I don't know about misled, 
maybe that was four weeks ago. He says, we're going to get you back in, in that Seattle game. He thought he was going to start in that Seattle game. He thought he was healthy enough. I mean, he said on Wednesday of last week, I feel good. It's up to the trainers. It's up to the trainers. It's up to the trainers. Then they deemed him uh, not capable, or at least that's what they're telling us, that he wasn't capable of playing uh, because he didn't get enough reps. I mean, how many reps did Mitch get last week? And he was able to be the number two. And to be honest with you, how many reps is Kenny going to get this week to be in the number two when they had a walkthrough yesterday and just had, we'll have you know a handful of second team snaps today? I mean, this is a guy that's been gone for a month plus. So how all of a sudden he getting he's going to be ready for for this week as the number two and not last week? It's well, just. Strange stuff, guys. Strange. This is interesting because the the latest layer that you've now added is that he decided to get the ankle surgery when maybe he didn't have to to be able to race back. To. So so maybe yeah. maybe if Kenny feels a sense of betrayal, Ron and Mark, it's about that. It's about hey, you, you this is great. You're you're going to get this surgery so you can be back quicker. You'll definitely be back for Seattle. Let's go. Go go ahead and get the surgery. Maybe that's the nature of the betrayal he feels. It could be. I mean, I, that's pure speculation. But if I'm assuming that that injury would heal just by time, right? I mean, I, I doubt they pushed him to get it. Maybe they suggestively sold him on getting it with the intent of, hey, we might be in it in the last couple games of the season. You'll be back for that if you get this. Or maybe it's all Kenny's idea. But I would assume if he's getting surgery – and I don't know if it would be 100%. I, I would assume that just more time would have healed this injury, right? It was more, what is that, a high ankle sprain? This just uh, makes it quicker to come back. I mean, if maybe he could have just said, hey, forget this. Hey, I'm just going to not have surgery, and we'll start this all over next year. He goes, now I get surgery, and now I'm not playing? What, what in the world? I'm sacrificing for the team. Once again, pure speculation, but that could be it. You, you could be onto something. All right, well, big boy, I got a bunch of questions here about the quarterbacks. It's not me that was onto something. It's you that said it earlier. Did I? The, I yes. Well, you I'm you said he, 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 he decided to get his ankle surgery to be able to race back. That's why I drew just, drew that I'm possible conclusion. Things, I'm just throwing Ron, things this out guy, there. He, he's, he's throwing a bunch he, of crap he, against he, the wall and he hopes I don't He I'm throws these little, starts these little fires and then says wait, other wait, people wait, burn the house down. What I always hear, well, this is sports talk radio. This is what we do. Uh, don't you don't you guys always say that? So I'm giving you another thing to think about. I'm not telling you it's, that's what happened. I'm just saying it's hey, Well, I know. And, and all in all, in all honesty, what feeds speculation is teams and people being less than truthful. And that's not just there the Steelers. Go. That's all of pro sports. So if you're not going <laughs> to tell us what's going on, you're not even going to tell us maybe uh, who fired Matt Canada. A lot of people think Tomlin lied through his teeth there. Tomlin said earlier this season – that he intentionally misdirects people at his news conferences. So, so yeah, how can yeah. you blame people then for speculating? Sorry, yeah, not I you. I'm talking too. to people. I always say that too. I mean, uh, they come to you after the fact and say, "Well, that that's not true. That's not happening." I'm like, "Well, when I asked you, you didn't tell me. So, you know, you leave me one choice. So you could have got around it by just uh, when I ask you, you just tell me the truth. People don't believe the truth in uh, athletics anymore." Joe, it's, it's crazy. All right, big boy. I got quarterback questions here. How close are we to a quarterback situation even going into next year? If Mason has another good game, they make the playoffs, maybe win a game, are they going to be able to re-sign him, A, and B, 
would he go to camp as the starter, or would it be Kenny again? I don't, I don't think I don't think he would go to camp as a starter. I don't think Tomlin works in that way. I mean, he would definitely have an opportunity to, you know, two dogs, one bone type of situation. Let's have competition. Competition makes the best out of all of you if both of those come back. But you got to be very careful there. That I mean, then you're you're risking. I mean. Hypothetically speaking, Mason has another great game, maybe leading to a playoff when they do want him back. If you don't, if Mason doesn't hear what he wants to hear, why would he trust him? I mean, he two years ago he said, "Hey, you're going to have every opportunity to win this job," which was garbage, right? He had no opportunity to win the job there, so you have to appease to him. But the only way to appease to that would be pay the guy, right? I mean, if it's ten million bucks a year, if it's three for thirty or whatever, I would definitely align. If you're signing Mason, if you're deciding to do this, align those two contracts together. Kenny's up in basic two years, right? Without without picking up the fifty year option, see if you can get Mason for that same time. So when those two years uh, come and go, then you can make that decision. I mean, it's only Mason's only what two years older than him. It's not like he's, you know, a million years older than him as well. But uh, if Mason comes back, and Mason, you know, you gotta, you gotta know where your bread's buttered too, man. You're very successful here recently. Do you want to go somewhere else where they don't know you? So I would anticipate he would be open to coming back here, but he's gonna have to get some assurances. There's gonna be a fair battle, and I don't know if that's gonna happen or not. But uh, yeah, I don't think. I don't think you go into the off season and we'll talk to Tomlin probably March in Orlando for the owners meeting. And the first thing he'll say is it's open competition and we'll see how it works out. And I think that's probably the best way to go about it, to be honest with you. Man, that wouldn't say much about the guy they drafted 20th overall. If he's going into his third year uh, after 25 starts or so, and he's in an open competition, uh, open competition. Yeah. But let me tell you this, Mark Cabali. The big boy is on the fan hotline presented by Sullivan Super Service, Pittsburgh trusted plumbing, heating, and air conditioning provider for over 50 years. If I'm Mason and I play another good game and then I play another good game and win a playoff game for the first time in uh, seven years for this franchise, I'm telling them, I'm giving you your best quarterbacking since probably early in Ben's second last year. So I want to be the starter going into camp, and if you can't oblige me, I'm out. I don't think that would be an unreasonable demand. Do you? Absolutely not. Not only that, if he's a free agent regardless, so he can go out and snoop around. I mean, you know, he can go see what's out there. Maybe there's more money. Maybe there's a more starting as a as starting job that's more, you know, special than what they got here. So absolutely, I guess. What's the worst case scenario though? I mean, how, how about they like? How about if he plays well and they lose? Then they don't make the playoffs, and then you know he have a three game span of where he played extremely well. Trust me, I'm a big Mason Rudolph fan for years now. I think he is very good and he could be successful in this league. But how many guys have we seen this year alone, Joe Ron, about put together two or three games, then all of a sudden fell off the cliff? I'll be a little bit concerned about that, wouldn't you? The Josh Dobbs effect, so to speak. Yeah, I'll be very concerned about that. So that's why I would would definitely want to have that backup plan where you have Kenny slash 
Mason as a as a battle because I mean, like I said, anything can happen. I mean, we thought uh, who else was it? The guy in Cincinnati was a star, Jake Browning. Yeah, what happened there? I mean, you can go on and on and on this year until you know they're not. So they you got to be very careful. It's, it's going to be tough. It's going to be an interesting decision, interesting offseason. If even if Mason stinks, how about if he just has an average game? I mean, you still have to consider the future with him here. All right, big boy. My partner, your man Starkey, is convinced the Steelers are going to make the playoffs. He's actually predicting Jacksonville getting killed uh, by Tennessee. Uh, what's your feel on Saturday's game, and what's your feel on them making the playoffs? I don't think Saturday's game is going to be as easy as you think. Uh, I don't. I, mean, just, I don't think it's going to be easy. At, just look at the history. I mean, Ryan Mallett, RG three. Uh, who else am I missing? Troy Smith, maybe. When you go into that place with nothing to play, nothing to play for, you end up losing. So um, I think there's another game too, maybe there. So it's going to be a close game. I think they'll ultimately win this game, and they do have a. The way I like it is they got a, diff- a number of different ways to get in. I mean, of course, Miami has to beat Buffalo, but Miami's only beaten Buffalo twice in 14 tries. And Miami's leaking a little bit right now as well, so can you count on that? I mean, Tennessee stinks, but Jacksonville stinks just as bad recently as well. <laughs> but, you know, to be honest with you, the best one that could happen could be that Ill- that crazy one where Denver wins and – and Houston and Indy don't tie or something like that. That might be the easiest way. Yeah, but the Steelers would have to lose in that game, and then Jacksonville still would have to lose. Well, that can very well happen as well. So I think I don't think they're going to make it. I mean, I you look at the past 20 years when they needed help to get in in that week 17 slash 18, it's really not in Steelers' favor. I mean, it's happened a handful of times, but it's they've been on the outside looking into those scenarios a lot more than they've they've uh, did successful. You, you remember the uh, the old '89 game, '89 when they needed like 116 things to happen on the last week of the season, and they end up getting in after losing to 51 nothing and 42 to 10. Those first two Wasn't games. that the year they Cincinnati or Houston Cincinnati one of the two one they sent briefcases to the other team? Yeah, then they got in and they upset Houston. Yes, I mean that's probably the the most recognizable or most one you can remember. But there's a lot of them that did the suck ups, the uh, Baker right. Mayfield picks. Yep, the, yep, yep. You know, there's just so many of them. So. Uh, it's going to be interesting. I don't think they get in. I think they win. I think they go 10-7. and seven, But I think they just don't get the help they need. Don't get the help they need. Okay. Nah. So you think Buffalo's going to going to lose? No, win. I think Buffalo's, Buffalo's going to win. win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Buffalo's going to go down there and win. Although the weird thing about that guy is, is, is if Miami does get into the Steelers go down there, I think the Miami will boat race the Steelers, man. I think if that's the one team you don't want to play, because I just don't think they would match up with them, they'd score 50 points against the Steelers, in my opinion. In Miami especially. Yes. Of course, they did just lose to Tennessee in Miami. Well, um, Tennessee doesn't have Michael Walker and uh, Miles Jack as your linebackers and Eric Rowe as your safety. 
I think Eric Rowe's been a pretty good player for them. And how dare you insult him? <laughs> Not to his face. 50-minute <laughs> mark on the fan brought to you by South Hills Chrysler Jeep Dodge Route 19 in Peters Township celebrating 50 years in the South Hills. Ron? what uh, We were talking about this earlier. T.J. Watt, the MVP again. No one's arguing with that. Who would be your second choice? Yeah, Boswell, right? <laughs> uh, forgot about that's him. a great name, right? <laughs> Other than that, man, you have slim pickings, right? I said Jalen Warren. I said Mason uh, I Rudolph. Think, I, I don't even think Jalen Warren's your best running back right now, right? I mean, he means a lot. But well, I'm talking about the whole year, though. I think... How about Pickens as your next MVP? It, could, it probably could be Pickens. Put it this way. If Mason was his quarterback all year, it would definitely be Pickens. How about Mason um, as your team MVP other than Watt? He probably, you know, if you look at it, the most valuable player, if they get into the playoffs, it's going to be him. But obviously you can't give it to him for – playing three games but there's not there's not a lot man there's not a lot you can choose from uh, other than uh we, al- we also said most disappointing we agreed uh picket on offense based on expectations mm-hmm. coming into the year and defensively uh, we talked about high smith and minka who's has been hurt but hasn't made any big plays yeah i think hayward's in that list too he hasn't made a ton of plays he could still be banged up from that groin injury and surgery he had he doesn't look like he's nearly as healthy as or playing as well as he can play right now so uh, I don't know if I can put guys who have been injured for a long part of time into the disappointing uh category you know uh so you would you say Pickett and Highsmith I don't know about Highsmith Highsmith's got a tons of pressures uh most disappointing my Tough, not maybe Deontay, maybe because I thought he was going to have a monster year, but he was banged up too. Yeah, he missed four games. Ron, may I engage Dr. Welby in a game of free association? Oh my god, Joe, I I live for this. I live for it. You ready, Doc? Oh, let's do let's go, I guess. It's twelve fifty. Hey, by the way, by the way, yeah. I did it with Bryant McFadden the other did day. Did it go well? I said I I thought it did. I go, this is a poor man's version. He goes, Let's do it. Let's do he it. Loves he loves that. He was good. Go Cabali's ahead. Cabali's coming along though, I think, in this. It's twelve fifty four. Time to stop blindly paying those increasing auto and home insurance premiums. Contact the Buell Insurance Agency. In Gibsonia, see what they can do for you. Fan text line brought to you by Edgar Snyder and Associates, personal injury law firm where they always say there's never a fee unless we get money for you. And fan Twitter, you can follow along, brought to you by South Hills Kia and Peters Township. Visit them at southhillskia.net. All right, big boy, short answers, very short uh, questions. Here we go. Ravens play Lamar? No. Ravens sit other key starters? Yes. Would you do it if you were them? Sit them? Certain ones, not all. Would you sit Lamar? Yes. A.B. and T.J. are the two most frequent winners of Team MVP, four apiece. Is Antonio Brown the greatest offensive player in Steelers history? Yes. Is T.J. the greatest defensive player? Nah. Who is? Well, anybody from the 70s. I would say Joe Green. Why not? Minka and Alandon Roberts, percent of each to play this weekend. About 80. Ooh, I didn't know that. Ron, oh, that's significant. I, 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 they didn't practice the other day. Well, I guess it was just a walkthrough Walk yesterday, right? You think yeah. there's a chance they'll both play, huh? A great yeah. chance from the sounds yeah. of it. Okay. Miles Jack has been better than expected. 
I don't think I had any expectations, to be honest with you. So. Then he's been better. Peterson, <laughs> yeah. has, Peterson has taken to safety, Pat Pete, and will play it there next year. Yes, why not? Will he play it here with a $9 million cap hit, I believe, next year? Absolutely. That's cheap. Okay. Najee's fifth-year option is now a foregone conclusion. It will be exercised. No, not a foregone conclusion. Holy horse milk, Ron. What are they going to do, he say just, no he, at this point? He just got done saying, the big boy, you said he's been their best runner. Yeah, well, it's fine. That's three games, too. You know what? When that offensive line pushes people 13 yards off the ball, I could probably gain a yard and a half. At not least a yard. Say anything bad about him, but he's been good. But I'm I'm, I'm not saying I'm not saying no, but I'm not saying it's a foregone conclusion. It's not a foregone. Conclusion. The offensive line will return next season completely intact. Yeah. Mason Rudolph is better than Kenny Pickett. Yes. Mason Rudolph will be your week one starter next year. No. Mason will be on the team. Yes. Kenny Pickett will be healthy for the first game next year, but won't even dress for the game. (laughs) (laughs) No comment. Thank you, Dr. Kabali. Hey, big boy, uh, have a good, you know, there's talking about a major snowstorm this week on the East Coast. Wow. Up through those mountains should be nice. You know, I got one question for you, Joe, real quick. Yeah. Have you ever noticed Ron texting? <laughs> During the show? No, just texting in general. Yeah, his he's phone, a, he's a two-fingered texter. Not only that, is it's 175 point. So it's one word per screen. <laughs> oh, my God. Have you noticed that? Are you, I are you like, looking over my shoulder to see have... my, my he screen? He does do that. He looks at, he's a screen watcher. Are you trying to steal watcher. my ideas? He's a screen what? watcher. And we'll never looked, forget. We'll never I forget where this was going when he said that. We'll never forget the day I went off to take a pee at Steelers headquarters, and when I got back, Kabali had put my computer on a very unsavory website. Ron, I thought you needed some sporting goods. <laughs> you are such a uh, bleep you disturber. You are a problem, man. You, you are, are a problem. A bleep disturber. You are, Ron. I could see. I looked down. You were like twelve seats away from me, and I could read everything you said. And I got bad eyes. <laughs> Thank you, Doctor. Oh, you know what? You, we had a nice conversation, and you got to take a cheap shot like that at the end. <laughs> All right, fellas. See you in Baltimore. See you, buddy. What a character he I, is. I, I still don't know what he. You ever see me text? I wonder where he was what going he with that. I think you're rather speedy for a two-fingered texter. I, I'm a do okay. I still don't know what to draw from the picket thing. I, I, I give up. I don't know what he said. I, I, I Do you? Not really. Sun Chevy, 23 Silverado, 1500s, up to $7,500 in rebates. SunChevy.com. Ron, let's take a little look around the NFL this weekend. Got some interesting games. Man, I'll say, those that impact the Steelers and those even that don't, that impact the playoff races, coaches on the hot seat. There's one guy out there whose hot seat appears to have cooled. He seems safe. Let's go around the NFL a little bit. Coming up next, um, I mentioned 23 Silverado 1500s, up to 7,500 in rebates. That's sunchevy.com, and this is Cookin' Joe. 
Pitt basketball lost to number eight North Carolina at home, 70 to 57, at the Peterson Event Center last night. 20 points for Bob Carrington to lead Pitt. Panthers are back in action on Saturday at noon. You can hear it right here on 93.7 The Fan. Pens lost to the Capitals at home, four to three. Pens are in Boston tomorrow. Headlines powered by Bowser and Genesis Monroeville. Now open for more. Go to 93.7thefan.com. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.